Welcome to episode 15. Today I'm joined by Andy Good. Andy is a Christchurch-based running coach and athlete who loves all things adventure. Andy has represented New Zealand in mountain running and is currently in a key build-up to the New Zealand Marathon Champs, which I'm looking forward to hearing more about. Andy, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. How are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How, how has training been in recent weeks? It's been a really good build-up up to this point. Um, it's been definitely challenging, which I think, you know, is what we're all trying to achieve. Um, but um, I went along to a local event on the weekend and definitely found myself saying, you know, more than once, I'm definitely ready for the taper. Um, I've got to that point where I'm really tired and I'm looking forward to recovering over the next couple of weeks and, and hopefully, you know, putting in a decent performance. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. And this is for the New Zealand Marathon Champs. Has this been a regular thing or is it a new event that's popped up? Um, yeah, well, Athletics New Zealand generally just tag on the national championship to a, you know, like a, an already organised event. I think last year it lined up with Christchurch Marathon and in other years, you know, Wellington or uh, Rotorua. Um, but yeah, um, I guess the the background of this one is, it's pretty cool actually. And, and one of the reasons why it's called the Athletes Marathon, well, as far as I'm aware, is because it's kind of been put together by the athletes and... 95% of that credit would go to Oscar, who, you know, I know you know well. And, um, yeah, he's done a lot of hard work behind the scenes to get this thing off the ground. So it, it's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty cool that we've managed to make it happen. I say we've, but, I mean, I haven't been a huge part of it. I've just been there to help, you know, for small bits and bobs. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, for someone like Oscar, he's, um, you know, incredibly fit, fast guy and, you know, he's – you know, one of those people who might not have had all the opportunities available, you know, to run a good fast time on a, on a good course over the last few years. So sort of took the bull by the horns and thought, well, how can we make it happen here in New Zealand? And, and that's sort of how this new course has, um, I guess, come to be. So, mm. yeah, it's exciting. That's really cool. And is this new course, I mean, I have had a little look on, I think there was an Instagram post about it. Is it round Taitapu? Yep. Yeah, basically. So, um, you know, most... Christchurch-based cyclists will know the area pretty well. It's, you know, a bit of a staple for the weekend long ride. Um, yeah, so it really is a dead flat course um, and it's just going to be out and back. So there'll be hairpin turns, but, you know, we're not operating at maximum speed. So I think a turn will be pretty welcome after 6K in a straight line. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And is this event, is it for anyone or is it more just like for competitive athletes? It sort of changed in its nature um, as the COVID restrictions changed. So originally when it was put together, yeah, it, you know, it really was just targeted at athletes who may have been looking to, you know, potentially run a qualifier for um, world champs or, or something, you know, to that effect. Um, so originally the brief was you had to be registered with a, um, an athletics club and it was going to be limited to 99 entrants, obviously, you know, with the restrictions. Um, and also there was a qualifying time that they were sort of looking at um, implementing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think within about a month of entries opening, the restrictions changed and they've kind of said the only real requirement is you have to be registered with an Athletics New Zealand club and it's sort of come one, come all, which is great. Mm -hmm. Also added in a half marathon option, which will be really good because, you know, again, that'll probably help some of the front marathon runners just having a bit more company, at least for the first half. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. And can anyone be registered with an athletics club? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, so, so the, uh, the athletics uh, season officially kicks off in April each year, and it's it's probably no different to joining a rugby club or a cricket club. You essentially just pay your sub for the year. Uh, all clubs work a little bit differently, and, um, you know, from there you can take part in uh, basically whatever regions um, – winter and then summer calendar so mm. yeah it'll sort of be rolling into cross-country season shortly and then it rolls into the road season and then finishes sort of with season around November December so mm-hmm. yeah and, and for you like obviously you're coming into the taper now I'm feeling very very ready for that so what has your training looked like in the last couple of months um it's just been all about consistency you know like trying not to sort of have big sporadic weeks followed by weeks where I've sort of had to, you know, recover too much, but it's been really consistent, um, kind of work more off time. I would say for me, like a pretty big week is about 12 hours of running. Um, you know, there are definitely people out there I know that are doing more than that, but we've all got our sweet spot and, you know, sort of between 11 and 13 hours has been a, you know, a pretty consistent sort of weekly target for me. Um, I mean, it's not just about the time, really. It's also that time at intensity. So we've ramped things up big time with this training block, um, and it's been really cool. So, you know, Oscar, who I mentioned earlier, uh, we do a lot of training together, and um, we're coached by the same um, coach, uh, Matt Ingram. And we actually just sat down at the start of this um, training block, all three of us in a room with our laptops. It was quite cool. And we basically planned out the key workouts for this whole um, build. And... It's changed a lot, you know, as the weeks have progressed, but, you know, it was really cool, I guess, sort of, it was a cool collaborative moment at the start of the block going, you know, what do we want to achieve? What do we think we can do? And um, it's been pretty cool kind of knocking them over, you know, week in, week out. And um, yeah, it's been awesome. You've shared a few on uh, social media of those key workouts you've done, and I've looked at them and gone, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) They look brutal. (laughs) And it's always been fun because, you know, uh, you know, Oscar might have taken credit for creating one of those and then, you know, I might have done the same for another and then another was, you know, Coach Maddie's. So, um, yeah, it's, always, it's, it's created some good, like, dialogue and banter just throughout the training build. Yeah, which makes it really fun too, yeah. Have you yeah. always been someone to train with other people or is this sort of like a, a new thing for you? I love having someone to train with, Um I consider myself to be incredibly lucky there. You know, like the reality is I probably train with people five out of seven days a week. Um, And part of that's probably because I I can manage my own schedule in terms of time requirements. Um, I know for a lot of people that's not the case. But the other thing is obviously just having someone to make you accountable and get you out the door. And we all have days where we don't feel great, um, especially during the marathon build. I mean, you know, I've, I've probably learned that more than ever over the last sort of six to eight weeks. Um, but just having someone to kind of go, look, this is what we need to achieve today. And, you know, you're probably going to feel like this. I feel like that too. It's just been really cool to like go through it with someone else. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to be honest in saying I've been exhausted throughout this build. Um, there's been sessions that I haven't wanted to do, you know, um, but yeah, by having someone to train with, it's made it a lot easier. Mm, yeah, that little extra bit of motivation and accountability, I guess, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there is also the risk, though. I guess on the uh, the other side, where you can beat each other up a little bit, and um, 
you know, there might be sessions where ego takes over a little bit and um, you might push a little bit harder than you probably should. So that's, I guess, the, the other risk of, of training with people, especially in the hard sessions. Mm. Bit of competitiveness yeah. is good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it's just all about sticking to the intent of the session, right? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. And is this your first key event since, well, for 2022? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. is yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just trying to cast, I mean, there haven't really been many events on, have there? Um, yeah, I took part in a small local event here or a couple of months back and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there hasn't really been much else going on since, mm-hmm. uh, kept the challenge in December last year. Mm. Oh, actually that was yeah. this year, wasn't it? I just keep thinking it was December, but it was January. Oh, yeah. yeah. January. <laughs> it's confusing. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about Kepler and mm. and your day there and I guess how your build-up was and then how, how it came together on the day? Yeah. Um, I guess lots to unpack there. Kepler was tough. I mean, Kepler is tough. It's such a hard race to nail. There's just... And, and, I guess the the line is so fine between a really good day and a really bad day. Um, it was one of those days for me where, to be honest, I didn't feel good on the start line and I didn't feel good an hour into it and I just struggled the whole day. Um, in all honesty, I felt like I was ready to race in December and I wasn't ready to race in January. You know, the human you kind of can't just say, look, I'll just do six more weeks training and... Um, I'll be in the exact same place, you know, from a training standpoint. Mm. I really struggled to train through December when they changed the date um, and actually nearly pulled pin. I sort of thought, ah, oh, perhaps I'll just do this next year. Um, but anyway, um, still had an awesome experience. I really enjoyed it. We got really good weather, which, um, you know, for the last few years, Kepler's kind of had a bit of a bad run there. So it was nice to actually be able to run the loop. Um, but yeah, um, probably started really struggling at about two and a half hours which is kind of when we got through the mountain section and then you know you get into the section where it is about running just well on the flat um and still managed to run okay um through that back half but really bad gi issues the worst i've ever had in any race to be honest um yeah i mean i don't want to be too graphic but you know i started like violently um being sick at about two hours 45 and then it basically was continuing to be sick for the next two and a half hours. I, yeah, it wasn't pretty in the back half. Um, yeah, so um, a tough one. And I guess you'll probably know more than most how important fueling is. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just had nothing in the tank. So I was kind of running on fuel uh, fumes. You would be. You would have been so dehydrated. And I think it's actually amazing that, although you were violently sick, you still managed to even finish with actually still a very good time. Like, <laughs> if that was me and I'd, I'd vomit once, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, she's for saying that. I, I, it's one of those things, it's such a committed loop, Kepler, where your first real pullout point is at 52K, and when you've grounded out for that long, you, you may as well just finish, right? Um and it was funny, I saw my partner, Sarah, there, and she was like, you're looking great. Um, she was at Rainbow Reach, and I literally walked about 10 metres past that aid station and had a huge spew, and she was kind of like, oh, maybe you're not. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, 
yeah, a bit of a rough day out. Oh, man. And have you ever experienced, or not to that degree, but have you had GI upsets in other races before? Yeah, I have. Um, I would say twice in the last year, really, the other time being the Christchurch Marathon um, last April. And I guess, you know, have definitely tried to look for patterns as to why that's happened. Um, Both days were pretty hot. So I'm wondering if maybe that has played into things a little bit. Mm. Um, Yeah, really frustrating, you know, when you feel like you've done the training and your body kind of just doesn't want to work at that output that you know you're capable of. Mm. Mm. And I remember you saying too, because I've done a, if people aren't aware, you might want to check it out. I've done a blog with Andy before as well. And I remember you saying that after every race, you take notes on what you did with nutrition and things, which I thought was really cool. So you must have like this library of like what's worked and what hasn't, or, you know, trying to find patterns and. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love analysis and obviously that's part of what I'm doing, even just with the coaching side of things. And I try to look back at my own performances. I think it helps you move on through them quickly as well. If you can just write it down and go, okay, cool. On to the next one. Um, yeah so but yeah you're right I do have lots of notes on the events that I've done um yeah and I think especially with fueling because things have just changed so much here I'm sure you know you'll agree um you know like if we look back six seven years ago you know fueling recommendations might have been 50 to 60 grams of you know carbohydrates per hour and now there's stuff coming out saying some people can take on almost double that so Mm. um you know things are just changing so much and it's kind of cool to yeah I guess just keep track of that Mm. and even as individuals like even I think back to maybe what I did a year or two ago and it's always changing for yourself as well and trying different things and just different intake patterns and different carb targets and different fluids and yeah it's always just adjusting and tweaking and finding that sweet spot for you isn't it definitely definitely I think maybe one of my um maybe one thing that's been a bit detrimental for me is like I really do like to follow a plan and I think with that nutritional side of things is you have to really be able to actually tune in and go oh yeah maybe that's too much today or maybe I need a wee bit more of that where if you're following a robust plan you know it's it's probably actually not the the best approach so Mm. again you know we're always learning right Mm, yeah definitely yeah and for you have you always been into running? Like, have you been competitive since way back or when did it kick off for you? No, uh, it was pretty late, pretty late to the game, I think. Um, yeah, started, oh gosh, when did I start? I kind of started dabbling when I was in the army. Um, obviously, a big part of that job was just keeping fit mm-hmm. and, and that was a really cool part of the job. Um, and did a few local events and did reasonably well. And then, yeah, sort of caught the bug, um, I guess, so to speak. And when I was living in the North Island for quite a while, and then when um, we moved back down to Christchurch, uh, that's sort of when I linked up with Maddie, and you know things started getting probably a bit more serious then. So yeah, it was a bit later to the game. Um, yeah, so it didn't come in through that sort of traditional pathway that a lot of the guys that I, I race against, you know, did. Yeah. Wow. So what age were you when you joined the army? I joined the army at twenty-three. Yeah. 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 And, oh, 20, 22 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And were you? In, yeah. How long were you in the army for? Uh, so I finished up after about nine years. Yeah. Um, it was a great job. You know, really good. Enjoyed it. Got to do some really cool things. But um, you know, it's it was never a forever thing for me. Yeah.
And now you've got your own business coaching. Yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. When did you kick that off? Is it a year now or? Yeah, so I guess full-time about a year. Um, Have been coaching for, I'd sort of been coaching for a few years, probably actually about four, um, but really only a handful of athletes um, who were really just friends who got in touch and said, hey, can you give us some direction? And and it snowballed and then, um, yeah, things have kind of just eventually progressed to where they are now. So, Mm. And Mm. how would you define your approach to coaching? (laughs) it's such a hard question to answer um (laughs) very individualized you know um i don't like cookie cutter style you know plans um and i don't you know produce those for people who who ask you know that's kind of not um what i'm about i really think that it's all about um just kind of a, a really tight communication style between coach and athlete and how people are feeling and then you know obviously you know, adjusting things on the fly from there. Obviously, as much as we can, it's good to periodize training and, and really try and work towards peaking for an event. But, um, yeah, I think people can get really locked in, again, with being too strict, um, following a rigid structure, and they actually need to be able to listen to their body and go, look, you know, I'm doing too much right now. Or, yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, to sum that up, kind of making it really specific and individualized, you know, that's probably you know, the approach that I sort of work off for all of the athletes that I work with, yeah. Mm. Would you be quite strong on making sure people are doing strength training and that kind of thing as well? Yeah, again, probably learning that through my own experiences. I've seen the value in that. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I wish more runners were keen to hit the gym. Mm. And, you know, when you actually think about it, if someone's, you know, weighing up an easy 30-minute kind of recovery-based effort run versus 30 minutes of targeted strength work. Um, It's really easy to, you know, understand which one's going to be more beneficial. But, um, you know, so often people get stuck in the mileage game and who's doing what on, you know, Strava and other platforms. And, yeah, um, yeah, big believer in the strength work. Mm. And would you do quite a bit yourself? Yeah, I try to do two sessions a week. and even just for most days, I'll kind of do five minutes of activation stuff before I get out the door. So um, I guess that would fall into that category as well. So yeah, actually do quite a bit. Mm. And, and would you do any other forms of cross training or anything in a typical week for you? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've been um, lately just, um, I always try to do something. So like love mountain biking, really fell in love with mountain biking a few years ago. Um, but lately, what I've actually been doing, and I guess it's sort of like functional strength, is I joined um, the local bouldering gym um, and have sort of been going along there, you know, once if not twice a week. And, and that's fantastic. So, um, again, just, you know, getting my body to move in ways that it's not used to moving. And I'm not very good at it and I don't really care. It's just fun. And, um, yeah, I feel like I can actually, yeah, there's all sorts going on there, right, with the core and, you know, stability. Definitely. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's a completely different way to move from running. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I have got to that point though within the training block where I I sort of feel like it's all about risk versus reward. So, you know, until after the marathon, I'll probably be pausing that. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Oh, very cool. And like in terms of the the upcoming marathon champs for you, um, what are your specific goals that day? Like do you have 
a time goal in mind or is it more just like bringing everything together on the day? Yeah, I, I think I've fallen into the trap last year where I ran Christchurch and it was run 216 or die. And, you know, I just ended up um, having a really tough day because I couldn't adapt on the fly. Um, so I think whilst there are definitely times that I'd like to run and I feel in really good shape, I sort of want to just... Um, yeah, continue listening to my body while I'm out there and just execute really well and make sure that I'm fueling. And I feel that if I do all of those things um, well, mm. that the results will just come because, you know, I know sort of I have a really good idea of what sort of pace my body's comfortable moving at, you know, for a long time. So, um, yeah, like would like to be up there um, at the front of the pack um, and we'll just see what happens on the day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what's your fueling strategy going to be? Uh, little and often. Yeah, I like the little and often um, fueling strategy. And again, this course is really well set up for that. So I'll be taking on uh, fuel, you know, uh, at least every 20 minutes. So, yeah, um, I've just been using a drink mix that I've been finding um, is working well for me. Um and it just makes it easier to hit that sort of 80 to 90 grams of carbs an hour target. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, that's the plan. Basically, just have lots and lots of little bottles set up. Um, and I just put a wee fill line on the bottles and, and make sure that I've drank it at least to the fill line. And if I have a wee bit more, that's great. Um, and then, yeah, grab another one 20 minutes down the track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's, yeah. What sort of drink mix is it that you use? Uh, the one I've been using with uh, this training block has been the Morton. Um, yeah, the non-caffeinated one. The didn't really like the caffeinated one personally. It was sort of making me a bit dizzy. Mm. Uh, just on the in the longer sessions, we definitely played around with it. Mm. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's been really good. The flavors it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sticky, but you know it's good for you. So, I think I've yet to find anything that um, tastes super amazing and is really easy to get down. I think that's been one of the biggest things that we've worked on in this training block, right, is just, you know, getting that fuel in, um, yeah. Yeah. While moving fast, yeah. Are you one yeah. to utilise anything like jowls or anything yep. like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so probably on race day, uh, it's actually something that I have to put together this week. Kushler is a, a bit of a nutrition plan, but, yeah, on, on race day I would – have a gel sort of 15 minutes beforehand just to preload a little bit more, um, top things up if need be. And then I will use a little bit of caffeine in the race. So um, I'll do that in the form of a gel as well. Um, yeah, definitely around that kind of hour and a half mark, I'll probably start um, taking on board a wee bit of caffeine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. is this kind of a different strategy to what you did at Kepler? Um, yeah, Kepler, I guess the challenge of Kepler as well is, you know, um, you've got to carry everything with you. So, mm. wow, if you could run Kepler and have someone give you a bottle every 20 minutes, people would be running that thing in rapid times, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was one of the challenges of Kepler and I feel like I didn't nail that. So yeah, definitely keen to go back and have another go. Um, mm. yeah. And, and do things a little bit differently there. So we'll see you back there in December. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. the plan. Yeah. 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 And it is hard yeah. at Kepler, isn't it? Because if you don't necessarily like the foods they have available or the fluid, you do have to carry everything yourself. And it's a little bit niggly, especially by the time you pack all your compulsory gear. It's like my pack's getting very heavy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I mean, again, if, uh, I 
is it Iris Byrne, the um, the aid station at the bottom of the descent. Um, again, sort of looked at the, you know, all the split times and stuff from last year and I'd sort of planned, I carried some empty flasks with powder in them to that point and I asked the uh, volunteers to help me fill them up and they were fantastic. You know, they they worked really, really well and filled them up for me and popped them in and uh, in that section, I think I lost about 90 seconds on David, who was the guy in front of me. And we ran the next section in a really similar time. Mm. But again, I think, you know, in hindsight, I probably would have been better carrying some gels and just topping up with a wee bit of water there. So, mm. you know, you, you learn all these things through your own experiences, don't you? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, how good are the aid stations there? Such good atmosphere and so oh. much fun. Yeah. Amazing. Right? Yeah, it's such a cool community event. I love Kepler. I think, you know, it's it's probably my favourite event. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and nice that it's not, like, massive either. Like, it's not like an Auckland marathon or something. It's kind of small enough that it still, like, feels like a nice wee event to take part in and, yeah. Yeah, cool. absolutely, yeah. I think any event that's been running for 30 years is doing something right. And people yeah. just go back again and again, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. you've done Luxmore before too and you've won it. I can't remember which year. I think that was 2018. 20. Yeah. yeah. And um, how how did that compare in terms of, because, I mean, that's still pretty grunty, hence the name. Mm. Um, yeah. How how does that compare to other similar mountain events you've done? Luxmore is probably more what I'm, I guess, like naturally geared towards. I really like that distance um, because, in all honesty, fueling is much easier. Um Ultra distance is definitely not my sweet spot, and I'm really aware of that. But, um, yeah, for me last year, entering Kepler was almost um, sort of a long-winded answer. Um, bear with me. It was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm working with a lot of athletes who are working towards ultra running, and I just, from time to time, it's important to kind of understand what they're going through. And entering Kepler was almost, that was almost one of the main reasons why I did it. It was kind of like, it's been a while since I've run a long race, I want to go through the training block myself. I think it helps me relate more to the athletes that I'm working with. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I guess going back to your question, definitely enjoy that sort of two-hour um, all-out effort, and I'm probably more naturally geared towards that. Mm. So, yeah, um, Luxmore's a fantastic race, yeah. Awesome. And with um, previous events you've done, because you've, you've represented New Zealand overseas at the Mountain Running Champs, so yes. what what's that event like? Well, it changes location every year. Um, yeah, and then same same goes really. Um, Athletics New Zealand will appoint an event here in New Zealand that will be used for the qualification race. Um, and yeah, I guess people who you know do well in the qualification race generally get selected to go overseas. Um, and yeah, I'm, I think this year it's in Thailand. It's been delayed so many times. I'm, I haven't kept track with where it is yeah mm. um it's not a goal for me this year um but yeah i would definitely like to to have another go at that mm. and what kind of distances are they generally or is it always a bit different yeah well it's always a bit different um so i guess mountain running's uh a bit more old school you know um one year it'll be up down and then the next year it'll just be an up year um in New Zealand, we really struggle to put good up races on. Well, I find we do anyway because you, there are basically parameters that they have to meet and that uh, has to climb a certain amount of, you know, distance over the, um, yeah, over over that distance and it's actually quite hard to do here. So, um, 
but yeah, uh, usually they'll kind of be between 12 and 18 K. Um, again, sort of geared towards, you know, a, a fast time of sort of between 50 minutes and 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So love that kind of, you know, real intense, short, hard mountain race. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Short and punchy. Uh, yeah, what, yeah. What's the kind of elevation that you have to climb? Yeah. So in the up years, I think they have to climb a thousand meters. Okay. Um, yeah. So there aren't many, you know, just thousand meter climbs available. And I think that's, you know, kind of where we've struggled a wee bit. Um, but yeah, in the up down years, I'm not sure what the actual criteria there is. It might be around 700 or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So that might be something in the future again that you'll look at. For sure. Yeah. I guess it's just one of those things. There's just so many things to do and, um, you know, this year is exciting because all of a sudden we've actually got events on again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's all happening yeah. at once now. Yeah. Is yeah. there much else for you besides Kepler later on in the year? Is there anything between the marathon champs and Kepler? There is. Uh, I haven't got exact times, dates and all of that sort of thing at the moment. But, yeah, we're uh, working on potentially going and doing a wee bit of um, trail racing in Europe. Um have been wanting to do that for quite some time. Um, so just starting to put things together now, yeah. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts in Europe will you be heading? Uh, if, oh, look, if it all goes to plan, it would be nice to sort of get in around that kind of um, France, Switzerland area, um, Italy as well. There's just so much history over there and so many amazing races that you can kind of take part in. Um and I have a couple of good friends who are going to be over there at the same time mm-hmm. racing. So, yeah, we'll potentially look to try and tie in with some of their plans and we can kind of support each other. And, yeah, we're, we're just literally starting to, yeah, figure that out at the moment. Awesome. Oh, it'd be spectacular running over there. Just amazing. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Oh, mm. very cool. Oh, exciting times ahead. Yeah. Yeah. um with with nutrition you've touched on it a little bit with uh the marathon and in kepler as well but in terms of day-to-day nutrition what would you say are some of your biggest learnings in more recent years of tweaking your day-to-day nutrition for i guess adapting to your training better yeah um again i feel lucky there now because i really struggled going to a place of work with my nutrition and now you know, predominantly working from home, you know, I do work from other places from time to time, but I'm a bit of a grazer and I struggle with big meals, um, but have a pretty good awareness of how much, you know, we need to be taking on board, especially when we're doing this much training. So um, I'd say one of the biggest things that I've found is to just, again, I just, I feel that I'm almost just constantly eating throughout the day to, you know, kind of meet those requirements. Um, So yeah, that's been really helpful. And it's actually really helped with, um, spikes i don't know about yourself but i found when i was trying to eat really big meals at midday amongst say a busy job um yeah i had big spikes in terms of um energy output so yeah i feel a bit more level with things now as well yeah okay yeah. nice and do you feel like um you've always had a really good relationship with food and running and yeah i, I yeah for sure like i'm really comfortable with you know um my body and i you know i've never been too much of a person to weigh in um I literally don't even own a set of scales so you know I'm really happy to just um I just basically feed the machine I like I feel like if anything I don't eat enough so yeah no love food um 
yeah, I haven't got heaps and heaps of pleasures outside of uh, running and training, that kind of coffee and, and food. So, yeah. Sounds like a good combo to me. Coffee, food, running. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, with your coaching, just to come to that a little bit more now, would you say you work with all kinds of runners, like from short distance to ultra runners, or is there kind of a specific niche you'd work with? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, like anything, it's taken a while to figure that out. Um, at the start, you know, it was a bit of a risk, um, and I had to basically build a client base um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I've still got to pay the bills. Um, so at the start, I certainly would have said yes to a lot more people that perhaps I wouldn't say yes to now. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's obviously got to be a really um, – symbiotic relationship and you know um but i guess going back to your question i probably feel that i can give people um the best experience probably between that sort of five to 50k um area Mm -hmm. and i really like working with people over those distances because i find it's really easy to measure their progress um i think with some of the longer distance stuff um the numbers kind of get a wee bit lost and yeah, it is quite hard to kind of get a gauge for where people are at um, in their training cycle. Well, it's definitely more difficult and just more time-consuming, yeah. Mm, mm. And is it yeah. only runners you'd work with? Because, I mean, you've done a bit of mountain biking yourself. Would you work with any mountain bikers or anything else or just running? Honestly, I just haven't I, – I would. I certainly would. But um, And I have got uh, a couple of triathletes that I've worked with, but they're kind of people who were running and then they've just chosen to look at new goals and because we already have an established relationship, you know, that's absolutely fine. Mm. Um, the reality is at the moment um, I haven't got any space for new clients, so if someone was going to get in touch and, and, you know, they were looking at uh, a specific mountain bike training, I'd probably refer them on to someone else, yeah. Mm. Well, it's a good problem to have that you're busy, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And with coaching, what would you say is the best part of the job for you? Oh, hands down, you know, seeing people race and, and, you know, seeing people's achievements. Uh, It's pretty cool being able to live through that. Um, And haven't been able to enjoy that as much, obviously, of late with – you know, people, you know, having to kind of come up with their own individual training goals. But um, like this weekend, for example, I have, uh, I think, seven athletes down in Wanaka racing Southern Lakes. So, yeah, bloody excited to see how they go. Um, And then the next weekend have a couple uh, taking part in either the Reboot Marathon or Mount Oxford. So uh, the next couple of weeks are really cool for me. I'm I'm very excited to see how the team goes. Mm, That is really exciting. And it's probably been pretty challenging for you actually I mean you know the last year's been when you've really built up your own business and Mm. there hasn't been an awful lot happening with events so I can imagine that's been a real challenge in itself it definitely has I've actually been super impressed with um you know I sort of expected that there might be a bit of a drop-off and people sort of thinking oh I'm not sure if I'll stick to structured training right now you know with such a lack of certainty um but I've been incredibly amazed at you know, people's approach towards the training, they're just kind of like, well, yeah, I guess it's just that. I think people more now than ever realise how important, you know, just being healthy and, and a lot of people love to just have a plan to follow. So I think, um, yeah, maybe, um, 
yeah, maybe I sort of didn't give that enough credit, you know, how important, you know, the plan was to people. And it's not all event-based. It is actually just very much, you know, helping people get through their weeks. So uh, race or no race, um, yeah, um, it's been cool to see that, you know, it's not all about the racing. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at there. Yeah. Well, the racing's yeah. like the cherry on top, isn't it? But it's the day-to-day training yeah. and all the positive impacts that come from that, particularly with mental health. And especially oh. during lockdowns and things, like people probably held on to the plan, like, I think, goodness, I've got something to focus on and put my, you know, do something else other than being stuck in my house and lockdown or, yeah. Awesome. It's um, a yeah. really positive yeah. focus. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. Did you do many challenges for people or like time trials or how did you sort of jolly them along to have little targets to work towards? Yeah, again, it really depended on, you know, what people were sort of um, focusing on. And then, you know, for, for literally every single um, athlete, you know, we, we kind of came up with a, what do we want to achieve um, over the next few months um, if there aren't going to be any races and, and quite, a, quite a few did. Um, decide that they wanted to tackle time trials um for some people it was just pushing towards a you know it might have been a Strava segment or a um an uphill effort somewhere um where they live um yeah there were quite a few things some people uh went the complete opposite direction and they just wanted to tackle big adventures um so there was all sorts of cool stuff happening yeah Mm -hmm. with with the Strava segments this is something I really like to talk to people about what are your thoughts on Strava (laughs) Um, <laughs> um, I really struggle with it, um, and I feel that if I wasn't running a business, I wouldn't use it. Mm. Yeah, um, I think it's cool. I think it's 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 cool that people put their training up and they're upfront about it. But um, I don't know. I think when people are out there on the ground, if they genuinely, you know, here's a good example: if you're supposed to be having an easy recovery based run. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm not running fast enough and I'm going to look slow on Strava. Then I think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's the greatest Mm. mindset to have. So, Mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, It obviously inspires heaps of good competition and stuff as well. Um, But, yeah, um, I I have very mixed feelings on it. Yeah, Mm. Same. I, I think it can be really good fun and, you know, in terms of, I don't know, challenging yourself, particularly against your own efforts previously and seeing how you've improved maybe up a hill or something like that. But I agree. I think where it can be dangerous is the comparison and, yeah, not actually going to your own abilities. Like, actually, I need to go really slow today because I'm sore and I'm really fatigued, but thinking, oh, no, yeah. I can't because I'm going to look too slow. And I think it's important if you are using Strava, you have to let go of that Strava ego and just completely do what you feel on the day. Yeah, you've nailed that. Honestly, you've yeah, you've really nailed that. I couldn't agree more. And I think um, everyone's probably had a day. Uh, let me give you an example. I, I think I remember training for Kepler. Um, had a key long run caught up with Varjan, a friend of mine, and we did this great session. Um, it was basically four hours, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground and, and I was feeling really good about that. And this is going to sound silly, but um, something that I haven't done a lot of, I obviously was really looking forward to racing Dan, had a look at what he was doing that weekend, and hey, his training looked better than what I'd done. And instantly my session, which was incredibly positive and, you know, like great training effect, I almost took some of the wind out of my own sails and I was like that's it's yeah 
I, I guess it can just be quite toxic in that sense, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... I, I think we've all felt like that with Strava. It's, yeah, or like, you know, you go out and you have an awesome day and you're so proud of your achievement and, you know, you might have nailed a crown and then literally someone the next day goes and takes it from you. You're like, come on! <laughs> Yeah, totally. but, yeah, no, there's pros and cons to everything, but I think, yeah, you've got to have the right mindset to be um, part of the Strava club, that's yep. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yep. Very cool. And w- so you said with a, if you didn't have a business, you wouldn't use it, but you'd use Training Peaks or something like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I've used Training Peaks for a number of years. I think it's fantastic. And, and I think it's much better for analysis. You know, I think Strava, if anything, is just my feel is that it's almost trying to kind of copy some of the features but um mm. yeah I still look at you know Strava as more of a um social platform than a you know analysis tool yeah, yeah. cool um and lastly in terms of like starting up your own business well and really pursuing that in the last year or so what's been some of your biggest adjustments or learnings from that, like has there been some things that you've gone, man, I didn't expect that to be so challenging or, you know, what have you taken away from it? Um, oh, gosh, so many things. I wish I'd uh, written down some stuff for that one. Um, boundaries has been big. Um, I think at the start I was probably giving far too much of myself and uh, – I just became really, really time poor. So, you know, I think just just figuring those things out because it is quite a personal service that I'm offering um, and there's only so much time in the day, right, you know. Um, also just ways to make things easy for yourself, you know. Um, I think you and I talked about it a while back, you know, for example, uh, running some accounting software. You know, I'm not an accountant <laughs> and I just want to be able to coach. So, uh, just doing whatever whatever you can to, to make things easy on yourself, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing ride so far, um, you know, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. And far out, I think you've you've just got to continue learning, right? Um, and really, at the end of the day, we're just trying to optimize what we're doing. Always be more efficient, you know. Always try and give a better service, and I think just constantly asking for feedback and being open to, you know constructive criticism I think is super beneficial as well Mm, definitely and I think too respecting that you're not going to be the right fit for everyone um and and even from like a dietitian perspective like you know some people you most people you you know work with really well and can get on with but there's always some people that you just might not be the right fit and I think it's really important to notice when that is and be able to maybe you know, maybe they'd work better somewhere else or maybe it's just not quite what you can help them with. And I think you've got to put the business mindset separate from that and go, hey, the client focus here probably needs something else or, some, you know, go somewhere else. And I think that's really important as well. Absolutely, yeah, that's a really good call. And I think ultimately, um, you know, we want all of our clients to be success stories, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's someone who, for one reason or another, you are, kind of butting heads with um you know it's it's much better that they have a good experience with someone else than potentially not a good experience with you know you so um yeah absolutely I think yeah couldn't agree with that more Mm, mm. and was there anything else you kind of wanted to talk about today or what are you what are you training towards at the moment what am I training towards at the moment yeah Well, <laughs> I'm feeling wrecked today, to be honest. I had quite a big doubt. You say, like, everything is a bit sore. 
<laughs> but I meant to be doing Oxford Odyssey in a couple of weeks. Um, nice. Meant to be as an I am entered, but I'm still like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't feel ready. Um, okay. I'll probably be fine. I'll probably do it. I just need to toughen up. Um, and then nothing else entered. Probably do Mission Mount Summers in October. Awesome. And then the yeah key race again. I want to have another go at Kepler and um, try and get a, a bit of a better time. I, I my goal this year was to just as in January was you know just to get through. I'd never run that course before. I didn't know what I was in for. Um, which I did and I felt great, finished feeling really good. But now I'm like, I want to go back and actually try and see where my limits are. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. very exciting. Well, you've, you've got a pretty well mapped out year then as well. Yeah. Well, and there's probably plenty of other events that pop up in the meantime. So, yeah. Always. Be cool. Yeah. 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 Really cool. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for joining me today, Andy. It's been really lovely to catch up. And um, I'm sure a lot of your athletes will look forward to listening to this podcast. Uh, thanks for your time. It was really good to catch up. Cool. Cheers, Andy.